All right. What's up, everyone? Thanks for dropping in on the Path to Freedom podcast today. I've got Chris, Big Poppy Pena. Chris, what's up, dude? How are you? Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great today. Doing great. So I've I wanted to ask you this earlier, but I figured I'd wait till we started recording. Why uh why Big Poppy? Where did the the Big Poppy nickname come from? Well, you've met you've met uh Bob McQuillan. Yeah. And uh Bob quickly, I think he just felt like he had to give me some kind of nickname. Some, something dude. He had to sizzle Bob it up. Is, uh, Bob Bob Bobby Bottled McQuillan. <laughs> he's uh he's really well known for our uh, our our entertainment budget getting very expensive once he came on board, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so we call him Bobby bottles. That's Bobby where the, bottles. Bobby came from. I love it. I love it. I, I had a feeling that was uh, something that, that Bob had coined for you, but I didn't know if it was, uh, if it dated back further than that or not. No, no, no nickname pre Bob. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's a, hey, it's a good nickname. I think it, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. It's, uh, it's good because you're doing big things, right? And, and that's what we're here to talk about today. So, uh, you are the, I may get the title wrong, but founder CEO of body 20. Um, tell us, tell us a little bit more about, about that. Yeah, no, no problem. Founder and president. My, uh, my okay. other operating partner, Greg is CEO. Okay. Um, Greg's got a, pretty significant background in executive management, C-level management. So Got it. Uh, only made sense for Greg to be CEO. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I guess where to start, um, most people don't know body 20 actually started for my now wife at the time, uh, girlfriend, uh, slash basically fiance. And I still remember the day where she kind of looked at me in the pool and was like, are you ever going to propose? And I was like, yeah, oh, we're already what, married. What are we doing here? Didn't, <laughs> yeah. didn't get away with that one. Let me tell yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't, they don't like the whole, uh, if you throw the common law thing at them, they're not, they're not satisfied no, with that. Well, that's, I was like, we live together. We got the same bank account. She's like, but I don't have a ring. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. There. Yeah. I saw the look. The, I knew I was wrong. The ring is let very it, important. Let her win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but we started for her. Um, you know, she was a teacher at the time. She had followed me from Colorado to South Florida. Uh, we were both uh, kind of born and raised in Colorado. Um, moved to South Florida together. And she went from a really, really good school environment, almost, to be honest, like idealistic. Uh -huh. She had, you know, taught at the same school her grandma and her mom taught at. And like, it was a great school and it was a lot really privately funded. And, you know, not there was none of this common core and all this other stuff. And then mm -hmm. moved to like inner city Miami. Because <laughs> it was middle of the semester and big you know, difference. Like a few weeks in, one kid stabs another kid in the chest with a pencil. We're talking fourth grade, like oh my god, on stabs them, and you know she's just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And I was like, fair, you know, you followed me to South Florida. Um, at the time, I was pretty sure I was going to be set in the career I was in. I was a uh, sales manager for a pretty large firm. Eventually, grew to essentially CLO there, okay. um, and. I'd moved to Florida for them. I didn't think I was going anywhere. I had some equity options. Uh, and, but before we moved, I owned some gyms in Colorado. Um, and ah. she, uh, she, that's where we met. And she wanted to get back into fitness. She was competing um, NPC uh, bikini at the time. Yeah. She took first call at the Florida State Show, you know, had the whole Instagram thing going. And now I see why back you, into fitness. Now I see why you put, put the ring on it. Well, smart, that, smart move. Uh, <laughs> maybe why they call me uh, Big Poppy is because I definitely batted out of my league. First yeah. person to admit it. You know That's, what I mean? Same here. It's the name of the game, right? I just I feel it bad is. for for my wife. I'm I'm definitely uh, <laughs> definitely married up. Uh, are you winning at life if you didn't? You know what uh, I mean? It's exactly. like everything else comes secondary to that, right? Yeah, exactly. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. 
So you, so you had yeah. this background in, in fitness and, and tell, tell the listeners just quickly, I don't want to interrupt the, the story, but just real quick overview. What is body 20? So I think, um, you know, at the retail level, like at the consumer level, right. Uh, we use technology enhanced personal, or we, we use uh, an FDA device to enhance uh, personal training with technology. Um, we send the same frequency your brain sends to your muscles to tell them to move. Uh, so it's nothing crazy. It's all measured in Hertz. It's called an action potential, but we can do it artificially, which means I can take your brain out of working out. You see most people, they, you've, everybody's heard the saying, I only use 10% of my brain. Right. And if I used hundred percent, I could fly like who knows what you can do with hundred percent capacity of your brain. Yeah. Um, well, most people don't realize you only use about 30% of your body, even in high stress situations, right? Mm. There's literally glands on your joints that stop you from going past that for the average human. Uh, really? Because you're stronger than you think and you can tear a ligament, tear a tendon, you know, destroy the joint. That's why you hear about like grandma, she's walks the walker, but her granddaughter's stuck under a car and she picks up the car, destroys yeah. her body, tears ligaments, rips, you know, attendance, but gets her granddaughter out of the car, right? Or out from under the car. So Body20 is here to change that by combining personalized one-on-one training with body gear, sends electrical impulses deep into the tissue of your body's muscle, much like your brain does. We help everybody work out to a hundred percent. We just avoid any of the injury that comes along with that. Wow. So, so you had this background owning some gyms, your wife's involved in fitness. So, you know, this space is not entirely new to you, but I'm going to assume the gyms you own back in Colorado were not the same type of fitness that body 20 specializes in today. No, not at all. Uh, in Colorado, it was very much, um, traditional bodybuilding powerlifting gym. I joke all the time because today 70 to 75% of our clientele base is female. It's kind of the, okay. the, the affluent mom, right? Yeah. Affluent housewife. Yeah. Uh, my old gyms, the colors were black and white. My, my logo is a side silhouette of a bodybuilder and the strap line was on his belt line and it said weakness is a choice. So needless to say, did not have a lot of female clientele back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we pretty much strictly trained <laughs> bodybuilders and powerlifters. Um, yeah, a lot, lot of pre-workout think, being chugged and uh, weights getting yeah. thrown around. Yep. Yeah. Listen, to this day, I love nothing more than to go into a gym and throw a weight around. It's, it's, it's. You know, I don't, I don't claim that our our workout is for everybody. Sure. I do it once a week, but I still, I still got to pick up heavy weights to feel good about being, being me. <laughs> you well, know help, I mean? helps helps you release some tension every now and then too, if you need to. It does. It does. Um, so, you know, I think kind of what you're asking is how did we get into EMS? How did we yeah. discover it? Yeah. So I, I told you earlier, Kenzie was a competitor. I actually was helping train her. She was, you know, uh, me and one of the gentlemen who uh, actually used to work for us at our gym. He's a really incredible um, competitor trainer out of Colorado. He's actually one of the top trainers in the country now, uh, but his name's Justin. He, um, she was doing probably an hour of fast cardio in the morning, hour and a half of strength training throughout the day. And then about 45 minutes of cardio before bed, she'd already been done teaching. She wasn't teaching anymore. Um, I had started looking at franchises for her because she uh, was a teacher. She had no business experience. There was no, nothing to think that she was going to be able to open and successfully start a brand. And I had just scaled this company from 22 to almost a hundred million dollars in revenue. There was no world where I had time to help her. Right. Sure. So yeah. first impression is franchising is the right way to go. Yeah. A couple of friends did very, very well. Frankly, I couldn't stand behind half of the, the agreements that I read, <laughs> you know, uh, there, yeah. there's some stuff yeah. in there and some of them that's tough. And, you know, I think the other thing that was inherently wrong that, you know, I, I always like to talk about because we had intentionally done the opposite in our agreement 
um, is, you know, a lot of franchisors make a ton of money up front and then the value of the life of the average franchisee is worth less than what they make before you actually open your doors. And so, you know, we stuck to, we only make money on a royalty at body 20 because of that reason. I just, if I can't sign it, well, I would expect somebody else to, right? Um, but I, long story short, I couldn't get there. And, and one day I have a buddy who owns some Airbnbs in Fort Lauderdale and this uh, South African gentleman stays there and he's actually coming over to do some market research on mm. EMS. So EMS has been around in Europe for like 40 plus years commercially at like a, a retail fitness level, right? What does what EMS um, stand for? Oh, sorry. Electromuscular stimulations, the technology we use. For right? the record, I knew that. I just wanted to make sure all the other people knew that. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um, but uh, but he, you know, he approached us with it and I watched her in 12 minutes, this girl that trains like three and a half hours a day. Yeah. She's just a monster. She's a beast at this point. She's reverse dieting out. She's at the peak of conditioning. 12 minutes, she is just gassed on the ground, dripping in sweat, literally panting. And I'm like, what just happened? This is crazy. Wow. <laughs> like I've, I've, yeah. I've been training her for years. And in 12 minutes, he just put her on the ground. And all she did was some squats and curls with nothing in her hands. Like, how does this work? It's you know, crazy. and so I... I, I went through this uh, EMS masterclass um, with one of the manufacturers and learned a lot about it. And it just made so much sense. And I had two really big questions at the end, which was, you know, A, I've been training competitors for like five years. How have I never heard of this? This makes yeah. no sense, right? right? And then B, frankly, this is the magic pill every customer wants. Why isn't somebody like disgustingly rich? <laughs> like this should be, you know, you should yeah, make so much money. Everywhere. Uh, <laughs> right? And so- and so I got two really good answers. The FDA was the big problem. Um, mm. The way the FDA works in the U.S. is most medical innovation happens here. It spreads outwards. Right. So you're a big U.S. medical, med even a small medical device manufacturer. It's easier to get approved by the FDA in the U.S. Okay. You're coming yep. from like a, a country like Hungary, and which is where our manufacturer is based. And you're trying to come to the U.S. and you're like a small $20 million company compared to these big billion dollar conglomerates. Sure. Yeah, you just get kicked to the side. The answer is just no, right? Yeah, and so I can see that. That's kind of the problem number one. And then answer number two was they sent me some information on a couple of brands that had like three, four, five hundred units in Europe, and there was like multiple of them. And oh, I was wow. just like, whoa! I started doing some research. One of my, you know, the craziest stats to me at the time was fourteen percent of all fitness facilities in Europe are EMS specific. No meaning way. Like what I do. So you know. When you factor that into the fact that in, in the US, 11% are spinning studios and everybody knows what spinning is, yeah. I was just like, wow, this is, you know, somebody's going to do this. Why not us? Right. So, so really the, the bottleneck that had kept it from expanding, you know, from Europe and some of these other places where it was much more adopted was the, the FDA, because these are actually the equipment that Body 20 now uses is actually considered a medical device, right? So it required yes. that FDA approval. So when did that, when did that change? So it cleared the same year I was expect I was kind of exploring this idea. It cleared with a very, very subpar like tier three manufacturer. There was a, a group that came in from Austria. Um, they started, and I think there was really two bottlenecks. The first one was the FDA. Okay. The second one was because there hadn't been enough exposure to anybody sophisticated in the United States, right? Any sophisticated business individual, they came and what, what, what actually happened was a lot of people who saw what happened in Europe said, oh my God, I can do this in the US. And they came here and they tried to do it just like everybody else does in mm -hmm. Europe. And the thing is, we're just two very separate consumer segments and we don't buy the same way, especially in fitness. I don't think anybody in the world buys the way that Americans do in fitness, right? Most places in the world, it's like, is it cheap? Does it work? I'll try it. Yeah. In the US, it's like, 
is it cool? Can I take a picture in front of it? Everybody will know how much I'm paying. I will pay you more. Will there there be hot chicks there? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And so branding, consumer experience are just so important. Brands like Orange Theory really paved the way, you know, and, and, you know, but even, you know, in fitness, you look at first to market and there's places where like, you know, first to market, fastest to market, biggest in the market. And then somebody does the brand right and comes in and kills them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. And so we didn't want that problem. Um, I met my current partner today, uh, Greg and Carrie Breitbart. Uh, They had just built a a electricity natural gas company out of Connecticut. Uh, They built it from like zero to 400 million in revenue in six years and sold. Moved to South Florida right before that because of you know obvious reasons. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then, (laughs) and then uh, we met up and and Carrie was a member and he was like, I believe in you guys and. So what we've been getting a lot of interest in franchising. We know nothing about it at the moment. We think uh, it's a good idea and and we're pretty well capitalized. You're pretty well capitalized. Why don't we take a shot at it? Uh, and so we kind of jumped in. That's crazy, man. It's such a cool story. Uh, I mean, and it sounds like the stars kind of aligned that, you know, you had, had come across this, this technology, started doing some research, and then in the same year, uh, it cleared mm-hmm. the FDA. I like to... So I like to say, you know, and and from coming from previous success and, and Greg coming from previous success and Carrie from Carrie's got two nine figure sales. He's won a Stevie award for CEO of the year. He's runner up for Ernst Young. He's our chairman. And he says the same thing. And, and we kind of just have this idea that when something is meant to be, you know, you, as you take one step towards the business, it takes one step back. Like I've, I've found the best people in my opinion, in the industry for a lot of roles we have. And like most of them came organically. Right. We didn't like, like Bob, who's one of the best, you arguably one of the best CDOs in the industry. Oh, absolutely. Has incredible experience, knows how to pick who's going to be a good franchisee, not just who has money. Yeah. Knows how to get people open, like all of these things. He got introduced by accident, right? Like it wasn't, he actually wasn't supposed to look for a job. He was supposed he to was just like, say, he can was you or can you not come in? Kind of retired, right? He, he'd kind of retired. <laughs> he was fully retired. Yeah, he was fully retired for the second time, which I think that might be a flaw of his. He can't retire. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a trend that, that we'll continue to see with uh, old Bobby Bottles there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I think so. But what else yeah, is he going to do? <laughs> but, and, and look, to, to your credit, like you, you had to recognize the opportunity, right? I mean, how other, I sure. mean, I'm sure other people had come across this and just, it, it never really dawned on them that yeah, this could be, this could be massive, right? Like there's, there's something sure. here. So I'm, I'm curious. So give us kind of some context in terms of time frame, right? So you met this guy from South Africa. That's when you first started kind of learning about it. And then it sounded like you guys kind of opened like a pilot, facility location mm-hmm. down in South Florida. What was the the time frame of that? So we had, we met the gentleman in 2016. This is when we knew we were looking for something, right? Uh, for Kenzie by January of 2017, I signed the formation documents. Okay. Um, by November of 2017, right after a hurricane delayed us two weeks, we opened our doors. Funny story. We found out we were pregnant with our first child who was a happy accident, but an accident nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, a month before we opened our first doors and she was going to be the full-time manager. So that was, that was a fun time in our life. <laughs> hey man, but uh, <laughs> look, that, that type of stuff just fuels you, man. I mean, my, uh, my wife got laid off from her job in pharmaceuticals while she was out on maternity leave with our first daughter. Oh, That's what, kidding. yeah, it was a you know, big, like mass layoff restructuring or whatever. So it was, I guess, kosher you know even even though she was on maternity leave but but anyways like that's what opened the door for us to to get into our first franchise as franchisees 
And we also had okay. a hurricane uh, like three weeks after we opened and we didn't do a single <laughs> dollar in revenue for like three weeks after that. So, <laughs> but it's yeah. like, it's a great business today. So uh, <clears throat> there, there's some, some parallels there, but um, so I'm curious, did you, what was it body 20 when you opened that first location or did you read point? Really? No, awesome. it was body 20. The name was body 20. Um, I've got to, I've got to just, I always tell this story at a, at our, our franchisee preseason because I'm such a big believer that perseverance is the reason people went at business. Like yeah. you don't have to be smart. You don't have to be the best. You have to not give up and eventually yeah. you'll get there. might take yep. you longer, but you'll get there. Um, it's funny when we, uh, you're talking about kind of a hurricane hitting, no revenue, all this stuff. We were, we were supposed to open in six weeks and we had everything walls framed, no windows in, no, you know, bathrooms oh. are in, but no tiles in. I still got big gaping holes in my, in my floor, like oh, for trenches God. for plumbing my contractor quits and walks off the job. And so I used to go in and I tell the story just for my franchisees to understand, like you have to just not quit. Right. Yep. And so I used to go in every morning at five and like mix concrete, pour concrete, shower at our bathrooms, go to work at seven and then come back at five and work till midnight. Right. Like, <laughs> so we could get open on time and then we get hit by a hurricane. So I, I listen, it, it is a hundred percent grit. You can get past any problem if you just go head on to it, you know? I think Couldn't. that's the uh, the wrestler in me that that just doesn't know how to give up, you know. <laughs> Hell yeah! I mean, it, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, that's and that's a heck of a story to to be able to share too. Um, that's really cool. That's really cool. So, so when you guys opened this first location, were you thinking bigger, or or at that time, were you just trying to find something that maybe your wife could have one, maybe eventually get to like two or three locations open, or were you thinking, hey, this is something we could take national, even if you weren't thinking franchising. So honestly, it was one location, maybe two for her in the long run. It, you know, I was, like I said, I just built a big company. I was planning on taking equity there and, and you know, having a long career there and I was going to stay. Uh, but, you know, within like, you know, a very short order of time for any business by any stretch of the imagination, we had broken even operationally and were profitable. We had zero. So at the time we didn't run pre-sales for like the first five studios. And so, but just the, the, the quickness that we had operational profitability. And then within a very even shorter order of time compared to most businesses returned our entire investment was just crazy to me. And then I started hearing, you know, Hey, I want to franchise, you know, I want to franchise it's coming from members, which, you know, if you talk to, I'm I'm a big believer in learning from other people that are already Mm -hmm. successful in the industry, me and Greg probably spend 20 to 30% of our time just talking to extremely successful individuals in the franchise space that have built businesses in fitness, you know, or personal services. And just, what did you guys do? What are the problems you ran into? So we can try to avoid them in the future. Yeah. And, you know, I've always heard that there's like this inflection point in franchising where like your members start franchising for you, you know, and that's when like, you've got a successful brand and it happened in the first location three months in, you know, like it was just the craziest story of ever. And so we, um, we agreed to start franchising. I had no idea what I was doing. The gentleman I met from South Africa however, had like 40 something units in South Africa. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we said, I said, I'll bankroll you. You come here, we'll work with you. You know, we'll get everything done and, and you handle the franchise business. Needless to say, after a few franchisees, we realized there's a big difference between franchising in South Africa and the U S and, okay. and uh, yeah. it wasn't doing it right. You know? And so luckily right around the time where we were kind of like, what's going to happen next. Um, this is going to be like December of 2018. Um, we met Carrie Breitbart, our chairman now, in like August of 2018. Um, by December, he you know had made a very gracious at the time investment of a million dollars to do this right. Um, part of that was leaving my job. We were going to do this the right way. Um, I jumped out. 
of what I was currently doing, um, jumped into body 20 full time by March, we kind of just decided it was time to just part ways with the other, the other gentleman, right. It just, he wasn't going to be able to convert and do what he needed to do here. So we parted ways. Um, and I met Greg, um, Carrie introduced him. They'd worked together at the last company they built together. Um, also father and son, (laughs) funny story. Uh, but Greg came in and, you know, Greg was the marketing chief marketing officer at the last company until it was purchased uh, by a very large public company. Mm. When it was purchased, it's a funny story. Kerry always tells us, he says, it would have been the most expensive dinner of his life had it not been his son. Because Calpine is the name of the company that bought them, said, uh, sat at dinner and the last day before they signed, said, if Greg doesn't stay, we don't buy, everybody else can leave. <laughs> so they wow. were buying the marketing system he built. Wow. Uh, they bought two other companies out of Texas that do the same thing. We're talking you know, uh, electricity, natural gas, sure. you know, retail, right. To yeah. houses, to businesses. Um, and they put him in charge of all three companies. Right. So that's how much they believed in him. Wow. Um, needless to say, Greg was extremely unhappy for a long period of time going from like, I built this business. They won like culture awards for the state of Connecticut and best office and all these different things. And then like a public company comes in and strips everything away. Right. Like just, they start firing people. They don't care about culture. They care about profit and you know, it's yeah. all, it's all earnings. Right. Yeah. Very so, different um, look. Very different. So he, you know, luckily they did some things happen and he vested early and he was able to leave. Um, and his story, you know, is really cool. He essentially had some workplace injury that, you know, he was using STEM at the time that his dad bought into this business to uh, fix. It uh, solved a bunch of pain and like life problems. So again, just kind of stars aligning to where this guy who's in Connecticut is probably the best thing that's ever happened to Body 20, right? Who would never have ever considered a job in florida right he doesn't live there his family's there he's, he's getting engaged soon like just there's no reason yeah but this thing just changed his life right before he gets the phone call you know what i mean yeah and so just he comes down he tries to work out and his he'll tell you know he tells it at discovery day and at preseason which is our initial franchisee training immediately was like if i just had this once a week once a month i would never have had the injuries and i wouldn't spend a year rehabbing you know he's like wow. i would have just been fine and so he came on ceo um, his big background is obviously in marketing, branding, go-to-market consumer, right? And he made a good point. He was just like, look, we're an expensive, we have an expensive piece of equipment. We're training high-end clientele with an expensive membership. We're never going to be cheap. So we need to act like our price point says we are, right? Mm. And we used, uh, we did some consumer research, both qualitative, quantitative across the country to understand what people needed. While we did that, we had the benefit that most companies don't have of, we also have this group of seven studios, that has mm-hmm. customers that we yeah. can back check the research across the country against this, those customers. And we did, um, we went to Pearl Fisher out of Soho, really, really top end branding agency, uh, only worked with us because of Carrie and Greg's prior relationships. Um, they just, for some perspective, just did the McDonald's rebrand, right? Like they're a wow. very large company. Um, they did, they did the research for us. Then they branded to that research. I think it's funny. Our branding is kind of, it's kind of funny because usually you get into like personas and it's like Sally, the housewife and John, the professional, and like, this is who they are. Yeah. Well, we had this very opposite kind of effect of like, we can actually train everybody. It's a truly equalizing workout. You'll walk into my studios and see a pro NFL player next to like a 90 year old woman. And they're like both getting equally as great of a workout. It's equally as beneficial. And so you know, it was just so it's, it was, it was so apparent to us that we just had to break the rules and, you know, our tagline became everybody unleashed. You know, it's about unleashing your potential. It's not about the technology. It's not about anything like that. Um, and then we went to bright architecture. We gave them the brand and the research and we said, you need to build a retail location that fits this brand that fits mm-hmm. these problems and makes people feel good. And, you know, my favorite thing about the space is I ask all of our franchisees, you know, when they become franchisees, like, why do you think people stay at a fitness facility? You know? 
and I get, you know, results and, and health and life and, you know, life longevity and all these different things. And the true answer is, in my opinion, the best fitness, fitness facilities become an escape from life, you know? Mm. So when you walk into our studio, they're white in the front. You walk down this hallway that starts to include some lighting and branding and it gets darker and the back is very dark with black tile and black wall paint. And all of a sudden you like check out a life and this workout that makes you, it's so intense in your entire body. Like you feel every muscle contracting at the same time. It doesn't hurt, nothing like that, but it's almost like an out of body. Like you just, you can't focus on anything but that workout and yeah. the trainer's voice for a little bit. And there's these backlit mirrors that you're staring at yourself the whole time. And it's like, you will forget about anything else going on in your life for like 20 minutes. So our mission statement is the end of it says, we'd like to materially impact our customers' lives in just 20 minutes, right? So can in 20 minutes, can we change the other 10,060 in the week? Because you just forgot about the problems you're having with your significant other or, you know, mom's sick in the hospital or whatever it is. Like for those 20 minutes, you just feel good. And that's really what we've tried to create. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's almost like what someone's looking for when they go to a spa, right? Where they can just yeah, kind of, you know, tune everything else out, be in the moment and and enjoy it. Um, and I, I definitely can see that with, with the good workout too. I mean, like I love to work out mid-afternoon because it kind of breaks up the day and and I come back refreshed and can... Uh, cause you do, you kind of just zone out and, and almost get into like this, this kind of flow state and, um, and, and you're mm -hmm. able to kind of block everything else out. So fascinating, all the, the research and thought that went into the branding and, uh, guys listening, I'm going to put some links in the show notes so you guys can check out the body 20 website. Cause you do have to kind of see some of this, I think to really sure appreciate i mean the equipment itself um but also just the the vibe that chris kind of described of of what a location looks like it's very very um uh, aesthetically right pleasing yeah so if you <laughs> if 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 you're watching the video of this you can see in in chris's background get, kind of get a feel for what a, a location looks like but you know it's it's another thing that sticks out to me about body 20 because as you know you know i work with a lot of franchise companies you know as a consultant the network I'm a part of, Franchise, we've probably got roughly 200 brands or so that we work with. And you know, that's across a wide variety of industries and, and different types of businesses, but quite a few options in in the fitness category, right? And sure. I would, I would, you may not agree with this, but I at least partially consider you guys to be like boutique fitness, right? Because it's small, yeah. small square footage, you know, for the location, membership kind of based model. Um, but you guys really are able to cater to a much wider demographic than the vast majority. I mean, really any other kind of boutique fitness concept that I can think of, right? You've got the elderly people that are going to get uh, benefits from it. Like you said, NFL professional athletes, you know, someone like myself that's just trying not to have too bad of a dad bod. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, people that are just getting into it, right. That, that maybe need uh, to sure. really make some, some life changes and, and get themselves into better health. So you've kind of got options for, for anyone. So tell us a little bit more about kind of the workout, like just, just kind of take us through what the, the consumer's perspective is like, assume they're already a member, they already kind of know about body 20, but what does a typical kind of workout look like from the consumer's perspective? So, so body weight compound movements, um, the best way I can explain it is you're doing a curl with nothing in your hands, but it feels like you have your maximum weight that you possibly can in your hands. Okay. Right. 
we're essentially creating an isometric hold on your body while you fight it with an eccentric or concentric movement, right? So either a push or a pull, but your muscle is fully contracted the whole time. So you're fighting your tricep with your bicep, right? Mm. What that mm. allows is us not to hurt the lever, which is that elbow joint ligament tendon, right? Now that's the benefit to like an older client is it's truly no impact. There's no damage to their body. Most people don't realize that as you get older, you atrophy. So your muscle, your body says, my muscle's heavy. It takes up a lot of energy. I'm not using it. I'm going to get rid of it because I can always build it back. I know I can, right? But your ligaments, your tendons, the joint inside of your, or the cartilage inside of your joints, that degrades. That's not coming back, right? The tensile strength of those things are not coming back. So when you're 65 and you go to pick up a weight and you go to curl it, like, my gosh, is that going to hurt your elbow? You know what I mean? Just to try to get a bigger bicep makes sometimes it's counterintuitive, right? That's where water aerobics come in and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's the benefit to an older clientele. A benefit in a performance setting is like, you know, the Russian the Olympic wrestling team, Real Madrid, the South African rugby team, Usain Bolt, who won countless gold medals. Yeah. They all use this because we are using your muscle to its maximum potential. Right. Um, so we're firing, we're firing up to 98% of your muscle fiber at a given time. Olympian athletes can fire maybe 65%. Right. Wow. Wow. Um, that's crazy. So, yeah. Which means the average person, I think you said it earlier, is like 30%. Mm-hmm. Average person is like 30, like an NFL player is like 50 to 55. Right. So it's, it's just, you're not, you're not getting close on a, on a first worker. And then I think to top it all off, one of the biggest things we do is we work with a lot of professionals, moms, people who want to stay in shape, who care about being in shape, but they just don't have the time, right? Like right. today, everybody's trying to get ahead. Like I'm, I'm working 80 hours a week already. You want me to stop and go to the gym two hours a day? Like, how's that going to work? Right. Yeah. And so we can compress the entire week strength training, very specifically strength training into one 20 minute session because take your brain out of it. So you don't have to go focus on chest. You're working your chest, your glutes, your quads, your hands, your biceps, your triceps, your lats, everything at the same time. Like, and you're not, it's not a, a conscious decision. It's the machine is contracting every muscle at the same time. So it's literally one 20 minute workout once a week. That's, that's all you need. For strength training. Yes. For if you want to do some training. cardio, you can come another session. If you're trying to lose fat, we actually highly recommend to our clientele that they do cardio outside of body 20. So, you know, whereas like if you're an orange theory and an F45, you're competing, you don't want people to train at both because you might lose the customer. Yeah. Like we literally walk into F45s, walk into cycle bars and train their clients after their workout and let them try a free demo and wow. let them do the same at our session because we're complimentary. Your client it, who's at the, you know, the top 20% of fitness uh, clientele in the country spend about $1,300 a month in fitness and the wellness journey. Yeah. It's like the, the person, you know, that has like five memberships, right? They don't use yeah. half of them, but they have them. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that person is our customer, our core customer. And so they're going to do it somewhere else. Anyways, why fight that? Why not just say, yeah, you should have fun with fitness. It should be enjoyable. We're one-on-one really hard strength training. It's way more fun to do cardio in a group. Go do spinning, go do, you know, F45, go do whatever you want. Just do your strength training here. and Don't go to a trainer four days a week for an hour and a half every time. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense, Um, which which even, you know, positions body 20 as as a more unique opportunity, right? Because that's Mm -hmm. the first thing most people think of if, if, you know, someone like myself as a consultant recommends a fitness concept, almost always the first response is like, well, there's so many out there already, like, isn't it saturated? And so, you know, you guys obviously- Different color, right? Yeah. So you guys have some clear <laughs> differentiators, um, but also can complement all of these other different forms of workout. So it doesn't have to be 
all right, I'm choosing body 20 or the other option. Um, and I hadn't really, really connected those dots yet. So that's, that's fascinating. So it is one-on-one. So, so you've got the client working directly with the trainer. Um, and it's, and it's just 20 minute. What, what is a typical location? Like, do you usually have multiple trainers, you know, in the location at the same time? So you can be running numerous clients or is it just kind of a one, one trainer setup? So it's one of our biggest benefits, actually, I think at Body20 is because we're a small space, we're 14 to 1600 square feet, right? Um, And because we're such a high value client, right? Like a client on average pays us way more than more than two times what they pay the average fitness facility per month. Wow. And we also see those clients a lot less. We see them on average like five times a month, right? Versus everybody else sees them like five times a week. So because of those factors, um, really our two big expenses in, 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 our business or staffing and, and rent. Right. Um, so a, yes, at a full studio, you have four trainers, you know, all, you know, from 5.00 AM to 9.00 PM, essentially okay. throughout the day, different shifts, right. Of course, they're not working that many hours on their own. Um, but you have four people there, uh, and you're training four clients at a time. Now, sometimes people train with friends and it's one trainer, two people, but it's at the client's option, not forced okay. on them. Yeah. Yeah. The great kind of really cool thing, especially as like, you know, people, we were in COVID and we're, st- you know, there's inflation, all these different things and people get worried about price and all that stuff. The great thing is, you know, during COVID, even we had a little bit of a dip in membership base for a, a period of time, you can just scale down your staff. Our biggest expense is staffing and it's one-on-one. So you don't need as much staffing if you don't have as much clients. Yeah. So our profitability levels actually stay the same until they hit a point where costs stop and profitability goes up. So you, you really have, you have studios that are a lot smaller than other studios making more money. You know what I mean? Yeah. It really yeah, becomes I a, cool, see it. a cool effect. That's interesting. Um, that's that's really interesting, and and again, different from you know most of the other what what a lot of people might view as sim- similar type of concepts out there. Um, sure. Have you found Have you found that because this is still relatively new here in the U.S. is there is there a lot of work to educate consumers on what this is and the benefits? So I view that as a franchisor's responsibility, to be completely honest. Um, all of our core company marketing down is educational. It's two things. First, you have to pique somebody's interest because it's so different, it's so new, right? And then you have to take them. So we're not, we don't have the luxury of like a single stage sales funnel, right? Where yeah. it's just, hey, we're spinning, but you know, our whole ethos is we like rock music and it's dark spaces and we're yellow. Like that's yeah. not, we can't do that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, we have to say you know, pique your interest with some kind of really kind of attractive advertising material, then educate you. Right. Yeah, right. Um, but we do have one very core benefit. Anybody who's in fitness will tell you community marketing is a cornerstone of any fitness business, right? You have to have good referrals and you have to be out in the community, engaging your fitness community and your market. We get to do something nobody else can do. You can't take, if you're orange theory, a treadmill, a rower and dumbbell somewhere <laughs> and, and show them how to do it. Yeah. I can take this machine with me anywhere. We have a special kind of mobile kit that you can take Hell yeah. and we can set up at a 5k. And after you finish your 5k, I can give you a quick one minute demo on your arms and make you feel like you just worked out for an hour, you know, and you're just like, Oh my God. And my, my immediate, what we teach our, our, our coaches to do and our, our sales associates is the immediate reaction when they have that epiphany is just, can you imagine what that would feel like on your whole body? Why don't you come try it? I'll give you a free session. It's worth 99 bucks. Let's just sign you up right now. And then it's, it's just such a low barrier. I've already experienced it. I'm, you piqued my interest. I want to come try it. Like, and it just, if you come in, the chances of you converting are through the roof, right? Cause you've already tried it. You're already excited and you're coming back for more. 
Yeah, that's brilliant. I love that. And and is that because you mentioned pre-sales earlier, and that's something I want to make sure that we spend a couple minutes on, because from what I can see, you guys are absolutely crushing the pre-sale game. And I don't know <laughs> if you're comfortable sharing any numbers or not. It's it's fine if you're not. But I mean, I've seen some some, you know, grand opening numbers for studios you've opened recently, and it's just mind blowing. So is that is that a big part of the pre-sale strategy? It sounds like then. It is. Um, pre-sale is important in any fitness business. I think, yeah. um, you know, one thing I learned as we we hired more consultants and we worked with people who've been executives in the fitness industry for 20 years, right? Um, is there's a common belief in fitness that fitness studios either grow massively from the gate with a good pre-sale or they die by death by a thousand cuts with a bad one. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, um, we've seen really massive results. Um, you know, being a differentiator in a space that already has so much interest really, really gets you quick results. Um, I can speak to everything in my item 19, you know, it's publicly available information. My last pre-sale that opened was in, in B cave. It's a 40,000 person market Southwest of, of Austin, Texas. Um, you know, good neighborhood, but small 40,000 people, right. They had a $103,000 opening, you know, and this is, we're talking <laughs> revenue, some retail, but recurring revenue. My, if you look at my FTD, my average expenses, it doesn't show royalty because royalty is purely dependent on revenue. Right. Yeah, but you can do the math for yourself on a hundred thousand dollars and seven grand more, but there, but the average expenses in my studios is like twenty six thousand dollars. You know, so it's like the ability to just grow that massively and come out of the gate with like a return on investment. Jesus. You get to keep your TI to take it off your capital investment, and you know, I have it's just been it's been great. Our our openings are continuing to be better and better, and you know, it's just it's been really great. So, and just to make sure people listening understand what Chris just said right? Pre-sales are, I don't know what, the, the timelines vary, right? But at some point before a studio officially opens, you know, the goal is sign up members, right? And there's usually some incentive or something to get them to sign up. And then, so when you said 103,000, that's one of the most recent openings that's published in your FDD. That means on the first day they open their doors for business, they had enough members signed up to generate $103,000 in revenue in that first month. So we, we do it at grand opening. So you have that grand like opening that, that founders get to work out for free, right? They're, yeah. not, they're not actually paying yet. And then you have a soft opening period where you have a couple of weeks to clean up any declines because okay. listen, you've 12 weeks ago, your card might decline. We've got to call you, get it back in. Um, so we count it right then and there at the grand, at opening. grand opening. But yeah, still though, that's, I mean, those numbers are just mind blowing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I'll like, tell you when we first um when we first started looking at franchising, we were based in South Florida. Orange Theory is based in South Florida. You know, anybody who's anybody in fitness franchising will tell you they are kind of the best to have ever done it, you yeah, know, just turn yeah. to investor-wise. And it shows they sold out in like five years after they proved those investment levels. Yeah. So to be completely honest, um, we met some people from Orange Theory. They kind of mentored us a little bit through the way and and we were able to call them. And our, our chairman happened to be friends with one of the executives there. And they just made it clear unit economics are what matters. And mm -hmm. so we've always had a core focus on unit economics. We didn't realize that what they did was so abnormal. We thought that was kind of the standard. <laughs> so we uh, like didn't even have an interest in franchising until we got close to it. Um, and then we very quickly realized like, because of our revenue per member, you know, and how unique we are, we can blow past it. And so we spent, I mean, from 2019 until 2021, we really didn't try to franchise. We spent millions of dollars invested into the business systems, tools, operations, bringing on, I mean, my first COO we hired, 
she came from a, a, a brand out of California with like 350 open units, 700 sold. I had five units open, seven total sold, including the five that were open. Like, yeah. took like six trips to California to convince her that we were actually somebody she should talk to. Yeah. Paid her way too much money for us at the time, but it was worth it because the goal was we know most franchisors fail on the way to 100 open. Yeah. Before we're going to sell any franchises, you're going to build the systems, tools, and operations, both for the franchisee and for us at the corporate level, because that's where most people mess up is they don't realize, yeah, you got to support your franchisee, but you got to hire more people. Do yeah. you have the training systems in place? Do you have the scalability of training? for your internal staff. And so we had her come in, build that for us. Unfortunately, you know, during COVID, she had to move back. Father, you know, father was having some issues and it just didn't make sense for her to live in Florida anymore. Right. Yeah. COVID. yeah. Um, and so, so, you know, we, we've always kind of made that commitment because we are well capitalized to be able to just say, we're going to not focus on, you know, how much it costs. We're going to focus on what's going to be the long-term return and result. And I think that kind of shows that when we finally went to market, you know, with our item 19, it was so good that people just, it made no sense for them not to do this, especially if they had an interest in fitness, you know? Yeah. I mean, it almost, it almost looks too good to be true. If, if you, you know, see a lot of these item <laughs> 19s, um, but, but you're proving uh, it time and time again with all these yeah. locations that you're opening. So, so we're recording this in what August of 2022. So yeah. where is body 20 today in terms of number of franchise locations open number of sure. franchisees units sold all that. So we have a, a little over 140 units sold with 65 okay. franchisees. Um, of that, 15 are open. Um, we have about 30 in construction slash pre-sale. Um, for instance, we just opened two last week. So I think we actually have like 17 open now. Sorry, it's happening a little faster than it used to. That's a good um, thing. We've got another 20 to 25 in lease. You know, So when you kind of add that together, you've got 65 franchisees. Of that, 50 of them are at some phase of lease. It's not like they're lagging behind. We do have multi-unit owners. You know, we are a brand that's built for multi-unit ownership, lots of systems and tools. Um, and we do kind of fit that executive. You hire a manager, you manage your manager. Yeah. We have really strong manager and training programs. I believe that's probably the the earmark to any successful franchise system that's going to be multi-unit is can you train a manager up? hundred you percent. Know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of some, you know, some some so, I mean, that's, yeah, it's tremendous growth over a, a fairly short period of time. And I'm glad you kind of pointed out that, you know, you do have a lot of multi-unit owners and, and the model's really kind of built for that, or at least is very conducive for that. So, I mean, in your eyes, based on what you've learned so far, who is your ideal franchise owner? And also give us some examples of like some of the franchisees you have today, because I've heard, you know, some, some pretty impressive resumes, I guess, of, of franchisees that you have that are, are now part of the system? Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, I would say I, first off, I believe that a good, a good franchise system takes, you know, um, B and C franchisees prospects and turns them into A's, right. That's kind of our belief. So starting off, we built a system that can train anybody. That's the goal. Um, now who is going to, feel the most comfortable here, I think goes to like the ethos of who the leadership is. Yeah. Uh, myself and Greg are, you know, I'm just going to be honest, we're not the most warm and fuzzy people in the world, right? He's CEO and president. We're, we're the two operating partners here. Um, and, you know, so it's a lot more data-driven, analytical. We work really well with C-suite executives. I've got some guys that were ex-hedge fund managers, the ex-CFO of Chili's, now managing director at Capital One, ex-CFO of IPIC or COO of IPIC Movie Theaters is here as a franchisee. I've got a, my guys in Austin, he was, you know, one of them was a, a, a VP of sales for um, Stryker Pharmaceuticals and his partner, wow. like 
over 200 restaurants at one point, like is, you know, had a, a, a kind of his own little private equity group backing him. I've got a, a fund manager here in Austin who bought all of San Antonio, who's manages, you know, a couple billion dollars. His own net worth is like a half a billion dollars. So um, all the way down to, I have a girl in Jacksonville who's probably my favorite franchisee story ever. Um, when we first opened our studio, she was a seamstress. She could not even afford a membership guys. Like she oh couldn't afford God. 100 bucks a month. She, we had a program at the time and we still do today called refer for pay no more as a member. If you bring in four members that pay the same as you and they're paying members, as long as they're paying members, you have a credit on your account where it's free. Right. That is, that's and cool. So, um, she did that in like the first week she brought in members. So she would never have to pay a payment again within like four months. She won the first ever competition with us for like a, an in-body challenge. It's a, it's a weight loss challenge basically. Okay. And she started her first location in Jacksonville. Um, started it out of her house because at the time we were early stage franchise or didn't know anything, you know. So we let her start it out of a like personal training business. Okay. Um, yeah. Moved into a location, had a really scummy landlord guy who kind of screwed her over. She had to start over, move halfway across town, opened up in this like beach house thing in Jacksonville Beach, where it's like a if there's an area of Jacksonville Beach that has houses that are businesses, you know. Okay. So she opened up yeah. to be built up a pretty great business over like five months, was like you know, really crushing it. And the house burns down. <laughs> she has to move again. Like just the just story of horribleness, right? Fast forward to today. She just bought three more units. One Atta open. Girl. She's got two open, two additional that she's starting on. Like, and her life has changed. Right. And yeah. so Hell that's yeah. probably my favorite story. Um, but we really work with everybody and she works in the business every day. She has a manager at one location, works in the other one. Um, you know, we have locations where, I've got the team doctor for the Jacksonville Jaguars and his wife who runs an OBGYN practice. They're never in their studio, maybe once a week for an hour. And, you know, they, um, they up own an operator upon a Vedra location. Right. So we're really it's kind good, of across. Yeah. It's a good mix, but definitely a theme there. I mean, first of all, the, the story about your, your Jacksonville franchisees, that's so cool. Um, I, I love hearing stories like that and, and, credit to her for having grit too, right. To, to persevere through all the obstacles that were in her way, but um, definitely a theme of like some pretty high level operators that, you know, are obviously very business savvy and their interest in owning a franchise is predominantly as an investment vehicle, right. You know, they probably have other responsibilities, a lot of other ways to spend their time versus spending, you know, 20, 30, 40 hours a week in, in a studio. Right. And so, again, I think it just speaks to the systems that you guys have built and the, the unit economics that the model allows for because of those systems, when you're attracting that many kind of what I would think of as high level operators, right. Um, or high level franchise owners. So, um, it's, it's pretty interesting. So, um, Talk to me a little bit about the support, right? So uh, everything from helping to find the right type of location to, you know, getting doors open. We already covered pre-sales a little bit, but um, give us kind of, you know, I have to go into a crazy amount of detail, but what is, what is kind of the support systems look like? So I think to describe our support systems, you have to kind of understand the management strategy that we've implemented from the top down, okay. which is we are 100% committed, no matter the cost to find the best person for every position. Mm. Um, we find them early. We, we don't worry about cost. We just bring them in and let them, let them do what they're good at. Just create a pathway for their success. Right. Um, so everything from at a very early stage franchise, or you wouldn't expect a lot of this, but you have, you know, pre-templated LOIs, pre-templated landlord packages that show 
you know, who the company is, but then also who the franchisee is. So we're immediately at the top of the list with the best locations, right? Yeah. Immediately have pre-negotiated one, my, my VP of real estate helped lead um, one of the biggest fitness, you know, franchisors in the country from like 300 to 1600 locations before she came here. Right. Um, We've got on the construction side, pre-negotiated everything. I'm happy to say that we have a gentleman named Ryan McAvoy who came in. Uh, He's our, our director of real estate construction. And it went from like, you got to call all these vendors to like, you have two times that you have to make a payment during your construction process. The first time triggers one thing. The second time triggers the next and you're done. Like everything wow. else is going through there, right? Wow. Um, on the operational side, uh, you have a business coach. We kind of operate similar to a software company, um, a little bit different than your average franchisor where my business coach is not a subject matter expert on anything. They're a generalist, but every week you have a direct contact with them, right? So on that call, if you need help with sales, they're bringing on our subject matter expert for sales. They're bringing on our subject matter expert for that tool to help you that week. But it also allows my subject matter experts to spend more time doing things that are actually impactful on the business, not answering questions that don't need to be answered by them. Well, yeah, 100%. And also it makes it easier for the franchisees because they've got one point of contact. And that one point of contact is then going to connect the dots and get them on with whoever they need to talk with instead of you know, we own franchises, right? Sometimes yeah. <laughs> it takes a minute to figure out like who the hell should I reach out to for, for this <laughs> yeah. particular question, you know? And it's like, next thing you know, you're like, you know what? Screw it. We'll just, we'll figure it out figure later. It out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want anybody ever saying I'll figure it out. I want yeah. them to call. But- yeah. So it, it def- <laughs> I'm sure the franchisees appreciate that, that structure, but um, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So I mean, what's what's on the horizon? Anything anything new and exciting coming down the pipe that that you want to share with us? Um, you know, I think we continue to grow very quickly. We spent no money whatsoever, no time, no effort on PR on on major marketing. We have a significant amount of budget going towards that today. We spent no money, time, or effort on really what I call the fun stuff, which is peer reviewed studies, so we can make medical claims. You know, I can tell you right now, like. We're working on one right now that proves we're like the only workout period that can actually help people gain muscle after um, lap band surgery, right? Mm. We have crazy amount of calorie burn that happens in a session, you know, that we're now doing studies on. We have, um, we track every metric of the client. So we use something called an in-body. It's the gold standard of, of body composition. There's only one thing more effective. It's called a DEXA. DEXAs are, you can use them twice a year because they're an MRI. So there's radiation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in body is the gold standard of body comp and we track every single client every week. So we have all this aggregated data for all this time where, you know, some of the campaigns we get to do are like, Hey, body 20 BK, you gained X amount of pounds over Thanksgiving break. Let's lose it. You know, like just, we can start pushing that info out. Um, and then, you know, one of the really exciting thing that's always been a, a key kind of focus for me is as we continue to add thousands of clients monthly, right. We continue to get thousands of data points monthly. One day we can go to an insurance company and say, hey, you give a half a point of, of discount on, you know, a company giving a $20 off Orange Theory membership and you don't even know what it actually does. I can quantifiably show you what this does. We give a point off, you know, and it's like now we have all these major accounts. And so we've kind of been working on that in the background for a very long time. It's going to take some time till we have enough data for that to work. But sure. these are the ways we're thinking for the future. I love it. I love it. Are there are there other people now trying to do their own version of this in the US? I think we're in a very fragmented sector of fitness. Um, So there are, you know, I go into markets and there's a personal trainer who went to Europe and bought a device and now tries to use it. And, you know, 
I, I actually find that to be a good thing currently. Oh, um, for sure. You know, I think there's a there's a, a story of a spinning concept that was the first to get really big. The reason they got big so big so fast was there was a lot of like breaking of the market for them as they grew because there was a lot of one-off concepts, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we have a lot of mom and pops across the country in major cities that, I mean, I'm talking like one or two in the whole city, right? Yeah. But at least there's some awareness by the time we get there versus like we have to completely break the ice. I think, um, you know, the good news is most markets I go into, they end up closing and try to sell me their devices, <laughs> you know? And we've also protected our uh, franchisees in a couple of different ways. Um, the first one is we have proprietary settings on those devices. There's six parameters that in, can make over 5 million combinations of, of settings, right? Um, ours are actually deleted from the computer, from that actual machine by the manufacturer. And our attorney has done something, some legal term that's made it trade secret. So if I can, if somebody uses them and I find out I can sue them, right? For okay. my Part Smart. two is we've developed an exclusive relationship with our manufacturer for what we do, boutique fitness franchising. Um, and also added some protections of like, they can't sell to somebody within a certain parameter of any location I have for a certain radius. Okay. And so essentially your protected radius you normally get from a franchisor um, is actually protected for the manufacturer too, right? So we've tried yeah. to do some of these things, leverage the fact that we were well capitalized during COVID and they needed help with money. And it was like, okay, well, we'll help you out and buy a bunch of machines if you help us out, right? Yeah. Uh, so long-term solutions, right? Yeah, no, that's that's all good. Um really good stuff. Um, what, what else have we not talked about that, that would be important for the audience to know? Um, man, I think, um, you know, as a franchisor, our core focus has always been unit economics. I think it shows, you know, if you look at our item 19, the average revenue of our franchisee is like three times the average revenue of the average fitness concept in the United States. We're, um, we're constantly focused there. I can tell you myself and Greg, every single morning when we wake up, the first thing we do is look at our reporting through the system and, and decide what the rest of our day looks like based on that. You know, yeah, we, yeah. we either immediately jump up and start calling people to fix problems or, or we have a good day. <laughs> you yeah. <know? laughs> you'll know, you'll know by that first cup of coffee, if it's going to be a good day exactly. or a bad day. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, the unit economics are just, just mind blowing on this. It, they, they really are. Um, Thank you. It, yeah, it's 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 impressive. Don't don't sell Wilmington, North Carolina yet if you, if you haven't <laughs> sold it already. Sounds good. I got I got to get a couple of these kids a little bit older, and then we'll we'll be ready to do something else. So uh, we'll uh, we'll talk offline about maybe putting a hold on on Wilmington. But no, it's I mean, it, look, it all makes a lot of sense, and and it's in a space that you know obviously a lot of people are attracted to both at the consumer and, you know, the, the business ownership level. But as we've, as you've done a really good job describing today, there's some very key differentiators. If you're comparing like a body 20 to, to the vast majority of the other fitness concepts out there and, and a body 20 can be a complement to many of the others. So you're not directly competing against every other boutique fitness concept out there. And then on top of that, you can, you can serve a, wider range of, of clientele. So, um, really, a, a, a an interesting business and, and it's been fun to watch you guys, uh, have so much success. I remember, you know, the first time we met at, at a franchise conference and you were telling me, I think this was before we started recording that, you know, you went to that first conference with Bob and you're like, we'll be on that stage at some point. And Bob was like, well, slow down. There's, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's some pretty, pretty big, big swingers up there. Like, don't, don't get ahead of yourself. And, I think you guys have been on stage every every time since then, and uh, it's it's well deserved. So, um, well, look, where can people 
connect with you? Where can people learn more about Body 20 if they're interested in possibly becoming a member? Where should people go if they want to find out more about the franchise opportunity? So www.body20.com, body20.com. Um, my email is chris at body20.com. Feel free to reach out to me. I might point you back at one of my team members if you want to learn about franchising or something. Uh, but I'm always open for a conversation. Uh, our website does a pretty good job. It'll tell you where all the studios are. Um, and then, of course, if you need more than that, again, reach out. Happy to happy to take a call. You know, Awesome. We'll link that in the show notes, make it easy for you guys to find. But uh, Chris, man, thanks so much. This was fascinating. Um, awesome business. And, uh, you know, cheers to your continued success. But um, really appreciate you making time to, to drop in here on the Path to Freedom podcast. Thank you. It's been an honor, man. Yeah, man. Thank you.